powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome to another edition of Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards. What a program we've got lined up here for you today. I hope you had a great and wonderful and restful Memorial Day weekend, and uh, you're ready for this short work week and uh, ready to go to create some fantastic results for yourself this week. Today, I've got Tamala Apple as my special guest, you're going to hear about how she fought off deep, dark depression and terrible anxiety through an experience that she had uh, back in school. And I, I just can't wait. She's going to tell you the whole story coming up and then how she got herself out of it. A couple of really, it seems like simple steps but at the time, it was very difficult for her to take those initial steps. But you're going to hear what those were, because I'm sure they can help you too. I'm going to be talking to you about internal and external communication. So we told you in an earlier podcast that your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So how you communicate with yourself is important, and it influences how you communicate outwardly also. So that's coming up right here on Better Than Before, brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. The 2020 Subaru Crosstrek. It comes with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus an economical 33 miles per gallon. And the Crosstrek has the lowest five-year cost to own in its class for three years running, according to Kelly Blue Book. Love is out there. Find it in a Crosstrek. University Subaru. Homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards. Today, I'm going to be welcoming Tamala Apple to our show. She's a positive mindset knowledge broker, and she's also a keynote speaker from Saskatchewan, Canada. 
And she uh, just started doing some keynote speaking to show people how to change the meaning they place on things. Very important. We discussed this last week in the podcast. So I wanted to have a expert on to tell you a little bit more about that. She can also show people how to change their emotional habits and also a few simple shifts in routine can be applied to change their lives dramatically. And most of us want a dramatic change in our lives, right? So Tamala, you're in the right place. Awesome. Thanks for inviting me, Tony. Listen, welcome to the show. And, um, I was telling uh, William, our producer, right before we went on, that you and my wife went to the same university in North Dakota, the uh, Minot State University. Absolutely. Great university to go to. Yeah. And uh, so there's only, what, seven, eight degrees separation for everybody. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) That's awesome. So listen, you got a great story. I want you to share that with our audience. Tell us a little bit about how you came to this place where you wanted to step out and help other people with um, their meanings and with their emotional habits and their routines and making these uh, shift uh, in their lives. Tell us a little bit about how you came to that. Sure. Um, I was in university and writing finals in my second year of summer school there. I was taking full years of university and overloading classes and and doing as much as I could to get finished quickly. I was going in to write a final and the day I woke up or I woke up that morning and I thought to myself, gosh, did I bring my bike in last night? Because I brought my bike in every night. I didn't leave it outside on the bike rack because I was worried that it might get taken. And I woke up and thought, I don't think I brought it in. I looked in my closet where I would store it and it wasn't there. I went out to the bike rack and there on the ground was my cut bike lock. And I went into an absolute tailspin. I, it was just so devastating to me that somebody would take something that belonged to me and it had been given to me by my boyfriend and it was so special because it truly was something that, you know, I, I, I needed at school. I needed it to get to the university and, and it was just heartbreaking that somebody had taken that. And it sounds like such a small thing now, but at that point, I was so overloaded and so in, I was in such a state of needing to focus on my school and everything was, was just overwhelming. And so I, I went back into my apartment and I cried and I called my prof and I said, you know, I can't write this final. I have to go home. And so Thankfully, she was kind and generous and, and said to me, you know what, you've got a great mark in this class. Don't worry about it. Go home and take care of yourself. And so I did. I drove the three and a half hours home and I went to the doctor and he gave me, that was the very first medication for depression or anxiety that I was ever given was when I was, I, I, was probably 22, maybe 23 years old at the time. And so it was Prozac. So I got that and I took it for a little while and 
then I decided, you know what, I don't need this. This isn't for me. And kept going on with my life. And I got married when I was 24 and had my had had a miscarriage at 25. So that kind of brought on some hormonal emotions and and that was difficult for me. Had my son at 26, had two more miscarriages between 26 and 30. And again, the hormones that go with having miscarriages and, and still trying to get pregnant. And it's, it's just, uh, it's so, it's such an emotional roller coaster that you're on. And so I was up and down and was on medication and then off medication and trying to get pregnant. You don't want to be on medication. So I tried really hard not to be. And then I wasn't and got pregnant with my daughter. And such a blessing that I was able to have those two children. And it was, it was wonderful. And life was good until it wasn't again. And so I had another bout of depression and anxiety and was on medication again and went through 11 years of being on medication full time. And in that 11 years, the doctor, I would go to the doctor and I'd say, you know what, I don't think I need to be on it. So we'd lower my dose and then I'd have anxiety. And so we would increase my dose and then we would lower it and increase it. And we would try a new medication. And just for 11 years, I was, it was up and down with this medication. And, and one day I just, I, I was actually, um, talking to somebody who said, you know, I wonder if that medication is really working anymore. Do you think that, you know, after that length of time, your body might just be, have adjusted to it? And so anyway, to make a long story short, through this time, after I had my daughter, I started working on mindset and I started listening to and reading people like Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, Rhonda Byrne with um, The Secret, Michael Singer, Vishen Lakhiani, like so many amazing people. I went to see Tony Robbins at Unleashing the Power Within. I saw Oprah Winfrey. I saw Deepak Chopra. I was at uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza workshop. And all of these workshops gave me such incredible ideas and I would, they would work for me for a short time and then I would forget about them. Then I took sound bowl healing and, and worked with tuning forks and energy work and all of these different things. And all of these gurus and techniques were in my head. I knew all the information. So then my question was, why am I still not fixed? What's wrong? Like, why? Can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, so, so just so our audience can relate, and those who suffer from depression and anxiety will probably immediately relate, but, but for everyone else, sort of give us a word picture. When you were in your depression and anxiety states, what was that like? I did not want to leave my house. I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to do anything. It's, it's very debilitating, like to the point where getting off my couch and going to my fridge 
to find something to eat so that I, because I know I have to eat, that was hard. Um, taking care of my kids, like making meals for them, um, getting outside and doing things with them. I did it, but it was out of necessity. It wasn't always because it was something that I wanted to do. You know, it was, it was something that had to be done and, and it was hard. It's like, I, I literally didn't want to leave my house. Mm. I felt like I didn't have any friends. Um, my partner at the time, my, my ex-husband, he was, he tried, you know, but when I don't know what's wrong with me, how on earth is he going to know how to support me? You know? And so that was, that was really tough. And so you went to all these different workshops and seminars, you read all these books, uh, you experienced all these different techniques and still you weren't getting out of it. You weren't getting closer to feeling better. So then what happened? Then one day I decided to show up. I decided to show up for myself and I went into my bathroom and I took my lipstick and I wrote on my mirror. I wrote, and I remember thinking before I wrote this, I remember thinking, this is freaking stupid. How is this going to help me? But I literally had to try something drastic. So took my lipstick, wrote on my mirror, I am enough. And when I wrote that on my mirror, I looked at my mirror and I started to cry. And when I say I started to cry, I don't mean little tears were running down my cheeks. I mean, I was ugly crying. I was bawling because number one, I didn't believe it. And number two, it was like, I knew I had to do this. I knew I had to do this to get out of the state that I was in. And so it was so painful. It was such an, a painful experience. And I would make myself go into my bathroom every morning and look at that mirror and through tears, I would make myself say that out loud. I would make myself say, I am enough. And for the first couple of weeks, I said it through tears. And by the end of the second week, I actually could look at myself and not cry. Mm. The third week, I was actually starting to believe it. I was starting to believe, you know what, I'm enough. And not I'm enough for this whole day and for everybody and everything, but I'm enough for this moment and I'm enough for, for um, maybe to get through breakfast. And then I would be enough to get through the morning and enough to get through the day. And that helped. And then as the weeks went on, I would stick different sticky notes on my mirror. So there was, I am whole, I am perfect. I am strong. And there's my whole mirror has sticky notes now all around it. I erased the lipstick and started sticky notes. It just worked better. <laughs> um, oh, so let me ask you, and I not, not to minimize it or try to portray it as easy. I'm sure it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, it was simple. First step was you made a decision. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it was. It was I decided that I needed to show up for myself. I decided that 
I needed to unpack the judgment I had on myself because reality is shaped by perception and I needed to unpack that judgment and know that, you know what? Yeah, I'm in a crappy place, but now I'm going to move forward from that place and I'm going to figure out a way. And it was a quality decision too. It was a decision you weren't going to back up from. Right. Absolutely. I knew that I had to get through that. And if I didn't, I, I wasn't sure how long I would be around for. I've been an advocate for a long time and I, I'm going to use you as kind of a case study here too, as we go. But the second thing you did, uh, it seems like to me is you wrote something, right? Um, you wrote it down and mm -hmm. you, you brought it in from the nebulous to something tangible. Absolutely. And I really truly believe that what you, the energy that you put out there brings back more to be grateful for. Right. Yep. Um, so I was grateful that I was changing myself. I was grateful and, and every day, and especially since that time, every day I make a list in my head before I get out of bed of things to be grateful for. And it all started with that. It stemmed from, from the, I am enough, you know, well, that was what I wanted to sort of transition into is those were the first things you did. You started gaining some traction. And so what do you do now every day? Like take us uh, through maybe a daily routine for you. Right. Well, now the, before I even get out of bed, I think of at least five things that I'm grateful for. And I list those and and sometimes it's as simple as I'm grateful for the sun that's shining. I'm grateful for the tree that's in my backyard. I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful for my family. It could be, I'm grateful that, that I've um, been invited to do this podcast today. I'm grateful. Then when I get into the shower, I'm grateful for the hot water that I have. I'm grateful that I have a, a house that protects me, you know, just all of the, those things that I'm grateful for. It can be simple little things. It can be big things as well, but I make sure that I make that list in my head because when the way you start your day sets yourself up for the rest of the day. So that's the big thing. Then, and I meditate, I meditate and I use a, an app that has some great meditations on it called the insight timer app. And so I'll use some of those meditations. I'll do grounding. So I make sure that I'm focused on, um, f on what's above me and what's below me. And I connect the two through my body to ground myself to make sure that, you know, I am right here right now. And I'm focused on that. Um, and I do, I, I, when I bring myself into awareness and awareness of what's going on around me in my life and awareness of the thoughts that I'm having, then I'm able to control those thoughts and, and know how to adjust them. So for example, if I'm thinking something negative, then I'll, I'll ask myself, what meaning am I giving to that thought? And is it the meaning that really belongs with that thought? Because meaning causes emotion, which then causes action. So if I can control those or bring awareness to them, 
then I know that my day is going to go better because I'm focusing on what's actually happening rather than what might be. Yeah, it's one of the uh, great things about being a human being is we have the ability to choose and we have the ability to choose the meanings that we assign to various things in our lives. That's also the the bad part about being a human being because sometimes we don't put the right meaning on there. Isn't that the truth? Right. Absolutely. And a lot of the meanings that we give to things are meanings that we had in our childhood that we related to things that... Um, they might have been positive things, they might have been negative things, but we bring them along with us. And then the feelings that we had as a child that were related to something that feels similar to what we're experiencing now, we give that same meaning to. The other thing you mentioned was gratitude. And um, I've often used the example of terminally ill folks. They, they get very full of gratitude because they know their time is limited. And there's really, I mean, we shouldn't wait until something like that happens to us. You know, we, we should be proactive uh, rather than reactive on, on being grateful. And it brings you, what I find anyway, is that when I get grateful or I'm reviewing my gratitude list, it brings me into the moment. Like it brings me into the appreciation for that particular day. Absolutely. Yes, it does. It brings you, it brings you into the now and being in the now, um, you're not, you're not in depression because depression is thinking about things that are behind you and you're not in anxiety because anxiety is worrying about what's ahead of you. But when you're in the now, you're focused on the people that are around you and what's actually happening in your environment. And that's where you want to be most of the time. So, um, I'm going to ask you this. I find that a lot of people that I talk with their past plays into what they're doing now for other people. So why do you think all this has happened to you and how are you using it now? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I do not regret anything that's happened in the past, even though some of it was tough, you know, it was hard to get through but it definitely led me to where I am now because now what I'm doing is I've, I've actually just started doing some workshops and some coaching for right now it's specifically for women, but it's the transformational squirrel network is, is what I have. It's a Facebook group and it's actually mind shift secrets for women from 30 to 55 who who need to embrace the beautiful beings that they truly are and so i'm supporting them with doing some mind shift secrets so that they can actually ex or, um, embrace their their being embrace who they are and know that they are enough and know that they are worth it the Transformational Squirrel Network. Did I hear that right? Yeah, TTSN. All right, wonderful. Well, you know, um, I've talked to so many people who have become mentors, advisors, consultants, teachers, coaches, what, whatever um, title you want to put onto it. And one of the things I find 
is that in order to bring others along and in order to teach other people, you have to regularly be growing yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and usually growth comes from putting yourself out of your comfort zone into an area where you're not as comfortable so that you can learn and get accustomed and find new muscles, I guess. What, what, what is something that you do that puts you out of your comfort zone? Well, for the last eight weeks, I've actually been, I've taken a a new course and I do a lot of reading and I, I go into Mind Valley. Mind Valley is a, is a group where you, you take lots of different courses that are, most of them are positive mindset or, or growth courses. And, and I am a member of that. And I do that on a regular basis. But the last eight weeks, I was taking a course called Um, the knowledge broker blueprint. And I have not been so far out of my comfort zone as I was in that course for eight weeks. And, you know, I I think that I'm always learning and always will be because I truly believe that the only way that I can support myself and now help others is by lifelong learning. And I've been doing that I've all my life. <laughs> I'm always looking for for something new to learn and improve upon. So yeah. So um, here's something I want to ask you, and I I'm going to ask you in the rapid fire section here in just a little bit. I'm going to ask the same question, but in a little bit different way. But I'm going to ask you, um, what do you want God to say to you when your life is over? Oh, when my life is over, I want God to say. Thank you for helping others and being a strong support for people. Yeah, that's awesome. So if we have people who are listening right now, and I am very sure that we do, um, and they're suffering from depression and anxiety, and they could really relate to some of the things you were saying that you struggled with. Um, Which, by the way, let me ask you this question. Do you still struggle with some of those things? You know, I generally know I will have the odd day where I'll have an off day, but I know how to get out of that. And I also know that I need balance. And when I'm, when I'm um, working too hard, then I have an off day and I'll just step back and I'll reset. But I definitely know how to get out of it. I know how to get myself back on track. So what would be something that you would tell our audience who might be struggling in that place right now? What's some advice you'd give to them? Be grateful. Be grateful for the things that you have. Be Focus on what you have, not what you don't have. That's the biggest thing. Um, being grateful brings you more things to be grateful for. That's number one. Um, and grounding, you know, I, I really truly believe that when you can ground yourself, you, you are connecting to mother earth, you're connecting to the heavens and that connection throughout your body really can set your, uh, I guess your, your ability to, to calm and control but also focusing on the now, you know, being grateful for what you have right now. 
I go out and I hug my tree. <laughs> that helps to ground me. We're visiting with Tamala Apple. She is a positive mindset knowledge broker and a keynote speaker. She's joining us today from Saskatchewan, Canada. And Tamala, everybody who comes on the program, I've got 12 rapid fire closing questions that I asked them. So I want to uh, run you through these if you're all right with that. Okay. All right. Here's number one. What's the best memory that comes to mind in your life for you? Best memory would be with my children in Mexico, standing on the beach and just enjoying the waves lapping up at our feet and the laughter. What part of Mexico? That was Puerto Vallarta. Oh, awesome. Who's the number one hero in your life? My mom. What's her name? Merle Apple. Hands wow. down, my number one hero. Hardest worker that I've ever met most um, loving, caring, generous, amazing woman. What is the top value that you subscribe to? Top value is, it would be supporting other people, always being kind and supporting other people. Who's the most important person in your life? I would have to say that I have two most important people and that would be my children, for sure. Their names? Carter and Cassidy. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? My favorite thing in the whole world? Gosh, that's a tough one. I think it would be speaking to others about how they can grow their minds, their mindset. Did you ever think you'd be doing that? I don't know that I ever thought that, you know, I probably about three or four years ago, I got it into my mind. And so at that point, yes, but not for my whole life. That wasn't a thing that was on my mind. What's your favorite food? Favorite food? Oh, ribs. Barbecued ribs. Uh, beef or pork? Beef. All right. Well, you know, I'm down here close to St. Louis and Kansas City and not too far from Memphis. And so we know all about barbecue. Nice. <laughs> um, most beautiful place you've ever visited? Uh, probably, I would have to say Madeira, uh, Portugal. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Success in one word would be gratitude. How do you want to be remembered? Hmm. Good question. How do I want to be remembered? I would want to be remembered as somebody who is easy to relate to and positive. If you could go back and speak to a young Tamala, what would your advice be? Unpack your judgment. Reality is shaped by perception. Don't judge yourself. Everything will be fine. Did you have much of an issue with judging others too? Not so much others, but more so just myself. Gotcha. What's your favorite sound? Favorite sound? Um, I guess the voices of my family. And finally, out of all the lessons you've learned, what's the best lesson you've learned? Best lesson I've learned would be that 
it's never failure unless you didn't learn from it. Mm. That's good. Listen, uh, how can people reach you or get in touch with you or participate in the, uh, in the things that you're doing? If they go to my Facebook profile, Tamala Apple, then there's a link there to get into the Transformational Squirrel Network, the TTSN. And so, yeah, if they just click on that link, they can get in and, or they can PM me on my Facebook profile. And just so you know, when you go to search for Tamala, Apple is A-P-P-E-L. Yes. So you want to reverse the E and the L at the end. So you can find her. Um, Well, listen, I I enjoy your story. It's very inspirational. It's, It's very helpful. I know a lot of people suffer from these feelings and these perceptions of uh, depression and anxiety and your story is just great. That it, it is possible to feel different and to um, get into a much better place, whatever that is for the person, right? Absolutely. Yes. That's fantastic. Well, listen, Tamla, you know, best of luck on, you know, I know you're doing a lot of video posting on Facebook and you're doing a lot of keynotes and uh, with all of this uh, coronavirus stuff, you're doing most of it online, but a lot of people are getting help through your practice and I appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks, Tony. And thanks for having me on today. Yes. Thanks for taking a little bit here to talk with us. And I'm sure that we will definitely uh, have you on again at some point. Perfect. All right. That's Tamala Apple. And you can reach out to her via Facebook. Just look for her profile and uh, you can get in touch with her that way and possibly get into joining her network. I will have more on the Better Than Before podcast coming up right after this. The 2020 Subaru Crosstrek. It comes with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus an economical 33 miles per gallon. And the Crosstrek has the lowest five-year cost to own in its class for three years running, according to Kelly Blue Book. Love is out there. Find it in a Crosstrek. University Subaru. Homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and in this segment, I want to talk to you about internal and external communications. See, what we do, in other words, the results we generate in our life is determined by how we communicate to others, but really importantly, how we communicate with ourselves. And a lot of times you've heard me refer to this dialogue as self-talk. And the quality of your life is going to be determined by the quality of your self-talk, how you feel, 
your feelings are going to be influenced and be a result of how you communicate with yourself, your interpretation of what is happening. In other words, the meaning that we give to things, nothing has a meaning except the meaning we attach to it. So think about it this way. Let's break this apart. We communicate with two forms of communication internal dialogue and communication, how we picture, how we say things, how we feel within ourselves. And, you know, we do that with our imaginations. And then the second part is external communication, our words, our tone, our facial expressions, our body postures, and our physical actions. Every communication or dialogue we make is a cause set in motion and that cause produces an effect, right? So you have cause and effect. You have uh, cause and result. So you're already today as we sit here or stand here or drive here, whatever you're doing as you're listening to this show today, you're producing results right now. The question is, are you happy with the results you're producing? Because you're perfectly aligned today internally and externally to produce the results you're currently producing. And if you're not happy with the results you're producing, you have to change the initial cause to get a different result or different effect because cause equals effect, right? So in other words, if you're, as we heard Tamala Apple talk about today in our guest shot segment, if your results are depression and anxiety, well, then there are specific ways that you're in dialogue with yourself, things that you're doing uh, in your mind in that inner dialogue, the tone of your dialogue that you're talking to yourself with, the way you're picturing your life, the, your imagination, uh, the imagination of the uh, things others have caused or doing in your life. So it takes some effort to reverse those things, right? So think of yourself. Well, let's do this. Think of your life as a movie and you're the movie director. So your job is similar to a movie director's job, right? You need to manipulate what you see and hear to produce the movie or the life that you want. See, internal language is power, external language is power. We're in an information age. We have access to more information than we've ever had in the history of human lives. But information by itself is not enough. Action is what unites every great success. Knowledge is only potential power. And I've used this illustration before. I can't improve upon it, so I'm going to use it again. Knowledge is like holding between your thumb and your finger a battery. You know, a battery like you would put into a remote control uh, or a flashlight. Well, as you hold that battery in your hand, the battery is not releasing any power. There's only potential power in that battery. It's not going to release any power until you put it in whatever it's supposed to be powering. So when you put it in a flashlight and you take the action of hitting the on switch, now you have released actual power. 
You've taken an action and you have released the potential power into actual uh, effective power. So power is in the ability to take action. And if you're in a depressed state or an anxious state today, you, if you listen closely to what Tamala said, she said the first thing she did was she made a decision. And when you get fed up and when you get tired of a certain situation, you are going to take action. It's like, uh, and again, you may have heard my stories a million times, but again, I can't improve upon it. This uh, postman walked up to this farmer's house and the farmer uh, is sitting on the front porch in his chair and his dog is laying at his feet. And the dog is just laying there going, oh, oh, oh. And the postman asked the farmer, what's the matter with your dog? And the farmer says, oh, he's just laying on a nail. And the dog's laying there, oh, oh. And the postman says, well, why don't he get up and move off the nail? And the farmer says, well, I guess he's just not tired of hurting enough. Because when you get to a certain place, when you're tired of laying on the nail, you're going to get up and you're going to move. So when you're tired of that same old dialogue that's running through your head with the same old negative uh, stream of consciousness, you're going to say, you know what? I'm tired of feeling depressed. I'm tired of feeling anxious. I'm tired of being sad. I'm going to make a decision to change it. The second thing Tamala said she did was she wrote down the way she wanted to feel. She started documenting what she wanted to change and happen, right? So you can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You have to fight thoughts with documentation and words. In other words, you have to speak out of your mouth the things that you want to change in the dialogue that's in your head. If you try to change it just by thinking harder or thinking, I go, I'm going to try to think positive now. I'm going to try to think positive now. You're going to be out of energy in about 10 minutes because you can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You have to fight thoughts with words. Remember, internal language is power. External language is power. And you have to change your internal with the external. And you have to change the external with your internal. What comes first? Well, I would say you need to write down and document externally and begin to say what you want the internal dialogue to be. You have a powerful imagination. You've got to put it to work so you can break out of the old, negative, depressing, anxious pathology, or else it will just continue to repeat itself over and over and over. And you'll hit certain triggers that will cause that old pathology to kick in again. And it's just like putting a needle on a record. It's like hitting play on a CD. It's, it's recorded on that CD. So if you play track one, you're going to get what's recorded on track one. No matter if it was recorded five years ago or five minutes ago, you're going to keep getting it until you try to change the CD. You eject that one and you put a different one in. Well, you have to record a new one before you put it in and play it, right? So you've got to document and write down externally what you want to change on the internal.
It's the ability to define what it is that you want to think and say before you fulfill it, right? So here's the thing. I'll give you a little uh, exercise. If you got your journal handy, um, I'm going to run through this journal exercise with you on how you can do this, right? And I'm just going to give you an example. You can do this around any particular thought process or emotion that you want to activate and feel anytime you want to activate it or feel it. So number one, let's say you're producing a result called happiness. Let's say you want to, you want to be happy. All right, here are the questions. What is a picture that you can visualize that would change your feeling and your thought into happiness? What mind picture uh, helps with that emotion? What do you say to yourself? So what does your internal dialogue and word stream need to say to create happiness or happy thoughts? What feelings do you need in your body? So if you do those things, you'll begin to notice how it gets easier and easier to produce the result by manipulating the way that you communicate with yourself. If you can't think of what you see, uh, just, just act, just ask yourself, if I was picturing something, what would it be? Or if I were to say something to myself, what would I be saying to myself that would be happy? Number two, make a list of what you feel passionate about in your life. So then begin to list the beliefs. What do you believe about what you have that you feel passionate about? And how do you best communicate to yourself when you feel passionate? What do you picture? What do you say to yourself? What do you feel in your body when you're passionate? See, it's the same process. What do you picture? What do you say to yourself? What do you feel in your body? And if you're sitting there right now and you're saying to yourself, man, this is awkward, this is strange, this is stupid, well, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have anything different then, right? If you want things to be different, you have to do different. You have to do something different because again, you are perfectly aligned to get the results you are getting. If you want a different result, you have to change the alignment and you have to begin the opposite, right? So internal has to be changed externally so the external can change the internal and the internal can begin to change the external. So that's the little journal exercise I'll give you. Uh, whatever result you want to have in your thinking and your feeling, you have to have a visualization of it, a picture of it, you have to have a dialogue around it that you're going to begin to say and affirm to yourself. And you have to have certain feelings that you want to have in your body that you can create so that those things that might be, well, you know, the outdoors, you know, usually triggers something happy in me. We'll go outdoors, right? You're manipulating the thing. You're the film director. You're changing the movie. The only person that can change the scenes of the movie in your mind is you. And so you have to begin to do that if you want it to be different. Otherwise, I'll say it one more time, the same old pathology that's creating the same old feelings 
is just going to keep hitting play on that and it's going to repeat that recorded track again and again and again until you change the CD in your head. That's our show today. We're brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at TonyRichards4. You can follow my company at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and chief producer, William Foster, we'll see you again next week for another episode of Better Than Before. And I just want to remind you, everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.